You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. If you want to have guarantees, you have to buy a washing machine. We don't lose a match, either we win or we learn. And today we learned. It's infield to Mane, 25 yards out. Lovely ball for Pella. Onside, 1-0. Blue foul shot. And now, your host, Matt Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans, and available right here on SouthamptonDelivery.com. My name is Matt Markstone, I am the host of the show, and no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thanks for making the show part of your day. I hope you enjoy it. And this week, we're going to dive right in. We're going to dive directly into the clash with Spurs. And we're going to do that with Jake Hughes, who is the editor of St. Mary's Musings. Uh, You can find Jake on Twitter at JJHughes underscore. You can get in touch with St. Mary's Musings and everything they have to offer at St. Mary's Musings on Twitter. The link to the website is also in the show notes. And uh, on this week's episode, there is no weekend match to talk about. So we'll reflect a little bit on the FA Cup. We'll talk about the JWP injury. Uh, We will cover... Uh, you know, everything from from the penalty that was given to our penalty that wasn't. Uh, and, and also we will, you know, maybe not make excuses for the team. We definitely let Spurs win that game. We allowed them the opportunity and we'll talk about all of that and also why we should probably be proud of the team despite the loss. So um, anyway, Saints are on their break. We are here. Um, Jake, as always, is fantastic. I hope that you enjoyed the conversation. Um, and I just want to say thanks for taking the time to be here, for listening. Uh, it really does mean a lot. I will also say that Jake and I did not answer any listener questions this week, but if you want to get in touch, be sure to do that. Uh, you can send them in on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, via email, however best works for you. Uh, you can do that. You can also sign up for the newsletter at SouthamptonDelivery.com. That way you stay up to date with everything that's going on with the show and with the team, get some interesting articles and things uh, in addition to just the normal kind of podcast stuff. So um, with all that said, let's get to the episode. We won't mess around. So let's just dive right in. I'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Jake Hughes. You can find him on Twitter at JJ Hughes underscore. And you can also find him at St. Mary's Musings because he's the editor of St. Mary's Musings. Uh, Jake, welcome back to the show. And thanks for joining me on this uh, winter break. And it actually is winter where you are. It's uh, still sunny where I am, but uh, you know that's the difference. Yes, we are amidst a storm here in the UK at the moment. Um, lots of wind, lots of rain, uh, but I'm sure your American listeners will think that's just a regular day in the UK anyway. But yeah, thank, thanks for having me. No, no, my, my pleasure, my pleasure. And then, I mean, uh, enough huffing and puffing that it, it won't blow the house down, but it did, did postpone a match, uh, which yes. just means we have more time for this. So that, I think that's good. But anyway, it, it hasn't been, I would say, the most exciting week. The, the team, there hasn't been a lot of news going on because, you know, they're supposed to be on break and coming back from, from stuff. But we'll talk about the Spurs match a little bit, talk about uh, 
you know, our, uh, I guess our last minute loan signing of an under 23 player, which is, you know, the most exciting thing we've ever, we've ever <laughs> done at Southampton football club. But, uh, anyway, we'll, we'll do all that. And, uh, you know, we'll just, just I, I guess that'll be it. So I, th- I think we'll be all right. But, um, just in case people don't know, a uh, little bit about St. Mary's Musings. Um, it's the SB Nation website for uh, Southampton Football Club, but what, what can people find if they, if they visit? Um, so, I, I swear every time we speak, Matt, the, uh, I kind of downplay the website even worse each time because I kind of uh, taper off how much work I am doing on it. Um, basically, it's a, it's a website for at the moment, very irregular opinion articles. Um, you'll have the regular match day previews and um, ways to watch games, which people find quite useful. Um, it's also great for SEO, which is uh, yeah. the main reason why I do it. <laughs> that, um, I'll just interrupt very briefly. Every time I, I, I Google search, because I don't use Bing, and that's not, a, that's not a diss for you. That's just a real thing. Um, <laughs> I... Every time I Google how to watch a match for anything, it always the the first thing that returns is an SB Nation link always, and I was like, that's it works. Good. So it, yeah, it's you're doing the right thing. <laughs> that's good. It make it makes it all worthwhile because it is. Uh, I can't smoke. Can I? It is uh, tedious. <laughs> I was I was gonna say uh, yeah, well, flipping tedious. Yeah. Um, well, people 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 fill in the blanks. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That little cute little kid in the back seat going, I know what he was gonna say. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's all right. Um, yeah, but yeah, and then also if people follow along uh, at St. Mary's Musings on Twitter, they can get uh, Alan Gunn, who does the match day updates. Uh, a quite a quite fun look at what's actually happening on the pitch. If you if you are unable to watch and just want to stay up with it, so people can do that. Yeah. But don't, I wouldn't downplay it too much, man. Like it's it, it's better to have uh, really good stuff go up when it goes up than than not good stuff go up all the time. Yeah, that's that's how I've tried to at least justify it in my own head. Um, I'd, I'd rather write stuff I enjoy writing and actually feel needs to be written rather than regurgitate news cycles. And obviously, it's a website, so there's going to be a small degree of that. Um, but even so, that's been totally minimalized recently. Yeah. Um, so yeah, basically, if if, um, you know, if a story takes me in particular, or Saints are playing well, Saints are playing badly, and I feel inclined to write something, I will. And then. Everything else is, is the general sort of thing you'd expect on a on a football website. Um, but yes, you mentioned Alan. He is the uh, St Mary's Musings uh, Twitter aficionado. Um, so uh, thank you to Alan. I'm sure he'll listen to this as well. Um, he's great. So yeah, if you are ever entertained by St Mary's Musings during a match day, it's not me. It's Alan. Yeah. Um, so uh, give him some some love yeah alan definitely enjoys his his duties on match day and uh, and i enjoy oh, yeah. i enjoy following along so don't i hope i hope everybody else does as well but, but yeah uh, and i also say you know like you know better to put out really good stuff and, and only when it's important and i say that sitting here 161 weeks in and having not missed one so maybe i'm guilty <laughs> of doing the opposite but it's it's all right um so i i mean no real, no match to talk about from the weekend, but we do have the the midweek FA Cup match. But uh, there was a, a signing uh, late on, I guess, kind of it was announced after the transfer window was closed. Um, we got we got Jacob Maddox from Chelsea's under twenty threes. He comes in to play with our under twenty threes. We're not doing well. Um, it's on loan, option to buy. It didn't strike me as anything because one, it's an under twenty three player. Two, I have zero idea who he is. 
Um, <laughs> but I think when we both looked at the the write up on the on the website, it was like the most important thing that the thing that kind of stood out was like there's definitely a pathway there for players that are capable and want to put in the put the work in. Um, which I would say like uh, one, if you have a player on loan from Chelsea on your squad, like who doesn't first of all, um, and then second of all, like he's coming here because I think he 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 sees there is a a, a pathway, and that's once again what's attracting talent to the club, and I think. I think that's a good thing for 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 the team because I think that's what uh, that that's the the way we're going to be able to uh, to kind of attract decent players in is is getting them in young, which I think has been the goal of at least in the last I would say year and a half. Yeah, I, I think it's almost um, you know a sign. I, I think the the pathway had been uh, blocked or removed totally with a few of our managerial appointments mm-hmm. before Ralph. Um, so I feel like it's a positive quote. I don't know if you read it, but um, Jacob Maddox said, there's definitely a pathway there for players that are capable and want to put the work in. And I think that's that's a really positive sign. So hopefully um, that's a sort of sentiment field a lot um, with a lot of young players in England at the moment. Um, just look at the England uh, youth teams in general in the world scene that you know we've got you know, quite a lot of talent at the moment. So if we're if Southampton seen as a progressive club like they were, you know, five years ago, five six years ago, um, who weren't afraid to play young players, then that can only be a good thing. Plus, Chelsea traditionally have good youth teams, so maybe Jacob Maddox is a decent player. But um, uh, as we said off air earlier, I'd, you know, anyone who says any Southampton fan, at least, who, who says they know how good Jacob Maddox truly is, is uh, most likely lying. And um, neither of us are going to do that right now. No, I mean, you, you don't have to lie to kick it. Like, you could just, like, it, it, he's going to be good, maybe, or maybe not. And maybe we'll see him play if you watch the under-23s. I don't know. It depends on, honestly, like, there are other things I, I want to do in my life than watch the under-23s <laughs> right now. But, you know, every once in a while. And I hope everybody takes that, like, positively. It's not, not a knock on them. It's just, like, you should do other things. Um, yes. Yeah. I, I believe back to you on that. Yeah. Um, I mean, so we did actually, I mean, we played a match, we lost. Um, but once again, this is the, maybe the second time in just a couple of days at that point where I watched a match, we lost, we played very well. I wouldn't say against Liverpool, we were the better team because I think, um, the second half showed just how good they are and, and maybe a decision here or there changes that, but it, you know, that's done and nobody expects us to, to win that match. Spurs, for some reason, I feel over the past couple of seasons have been one of those teams where, like, I don't feel scared of them. Like, I don't go into that match dreading the result. I think like we we go there and we tend to play well against them recently, at least. And and I thought we 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 could have gone through just on our own. And and it was just it was a fantastic game. We dominated large portions of the game. I was really really happy with with that. Um, but of course, a couple of things don't go our way, and we'll kind of kind of walk through it. But it was very clear, I guess, that uh, Hassenhudel was was really going for it with the lineup. There wasn't uh, a, a lot of people left out. I think um, Geneva was out, but that was due to illness. Uh, and you know, so we we have Buffal, Redmond, Ings, and Long kind of starting a, a up front. Romeu and Hoiberg in the middle, uh, and and then of course Ward Prowse filling in at right back um, with the normal kind of the rest of the back four kind of the, the same, including uh, and Sever Angus Gunn, who's Gonna fill in a goalkeeper for McCarthy, but I mean, any any problems for you with with that lineup, or did you were you kind of happy with the, the the way that was set out? Yeah, I was really happy. Um, I'm I'm with you with Spurs at the moment. They 
I mean, in in past seasons, I feel like we've had the odd uh, fairly unlucky game against them. Obviously, we beat them at home last season, and we've done well against them this season as well. Um, it's just nice to see a manager. You know, I, I don't want to jump ahead and say that Saints are safe. It could be very easy uh, for Ralph to put out a weaker team um, in the interest of you know saving players for. Premier League games, even with this break. Um, but yeah, it was, it was nice to see us actually, you know, give um, the cup competition a, a proper go of it. And um, obviously, we we are kind of. Uh, I, I don't like Ward Prowse at right back, but that's just the way it is at the moment of the makeup of our squad. Obviously, we we brought in Carl Walker Peters in the, on loan. I'm not actually sure if he would have been able to play against Spurs in the cup. Um, no. No, he's ineligible for two was, reasons, yeah. I think. One, spe- one because it's his parent club, and two, because he wasn't signed before the original fixture was played. Oh, okay. Okay, that's good to know. Um, so there's that, and plus, obviously, the, the game before, Ralph hadn't played him because he wanted uh, Walt Peters to get used to his system. So, yeah, um, so yeah I, I, I was really happy with it. And just seeing Buffalo actually get a start uh, so he can sort of show what he can do. Um it's also positive because I know he's he's made a little bit of noise about not being a hundred percent content with just being a substitute. Um, so it was nice to see Ralph sort of repay um, some faith in him with a, a start as well. Yeah, and like you said, the James Ward-Prowser right, right back is not my favorite thing. But if you look down the squad, it's it's who else is going to go there at, at this point? And yeah. I think the fact that you have. You know the the captain, and then also somebody who has really shown a lot this season. I think I think Hoiberg. Some of the performances haven't been great, but he is the captain of the team. He is. I don't know if he's volunteered to go play left back at points, but he has done it, um, and he's mm-hmm. done it, that to the best of his ability. Ward Prowse. I don't know if he's volunteered for it or gone to the manager and said, "Look, I can do this job" or whatever. But the fact that he's going to go to right back and 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 play well. I mean that. The chance he, he he played in for Ings was was glorious, and Lurie should have done yeah. better. But but we'll we'll get to that. Um, and then I, I don't know. I, I have a lot of respect for guys who are going to to do that. Um, I will say again, uh, one of my favorite players of all time is James Milner, like the guy who does all of those things. So like that that might be a little bit of me. Just um, I got the coach's award a lot as a kid, so maybe that's that's what it is. <laughs> you know, uh, you just do you just do what the manager tells you, but. Um, you, you know, it, it is what it is. And, and I, I, I imagine going forward, um, I imagine if we look forward to Burnley, it'll be, you know, Kyle Walker, Peters, Stevens, Bednarak, Bertrand, Romeo and, and, and Hoiberg in the middle, and then Redmond, Ings, Long, and one other, whether it's Buffal, whether it's, you know, w- whether it's Chinepo or whether maybe Long makes way for Obafemi, it'll be something like that probably, yeah. uh, going forward, which I think is, I think it'll be good. I think that'll be, that, that's as strong as we can get right now. Uh, and you just hope that, uh, you know, when we get to James Ward-Prowse's injury, that, that he comes back sooner. Yeah, and obviously uh, Stuart Armstrong's returned as well. Yeah. Um, I think it was right not to, because he has played right back for us before, I think it was right to not just chuck him in straight away because I think he's shown how uh, important he can be for Southampton. I think he's definitely at least one of the reasons why um, we've seen a bit of an upturn in form of late. Um he just seems to get things ticking along um, in in midfield or on or on the right. So um, yeah, hopefully uh, with this break as well, he can be fully fit for 
Burnley as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping that once we come back from this, that uh, I'd imagine everybody but Ward Prowse should be ready. Um, you know, maybe, maybe I, I even saw Jan Valerie did play for the under 23, so maybe he's even getting back to the point where he can come back into the team now that we have Kyle Walker Peters. So I don't know how that works, you know, but at least we have a uh, one extra left back or right back or just full back yeah. in general. So uh, I would ask how Jacob Maddox played, but I, I don't know if you can answer that. Cannot answer that. Um, <laughs> maybe, but maybe, I mean, given the fact that there's no other Premier League football on for me to watch later, maybe I'll go back and watch that replay, but probably not. Yes, do it. Shoot me a message if you do. I'll be intrigued to know because uh, I won't be doing that. Don't put your phone down then. Expect that message. <laughs> uh, anyway um, but I, I guess we could just walk through some of the, the major points of, of the game and uh, one of the things that, that we've relied on so heavily this season has been Danny Ings scoring goals and over the last four matches uh, in all competitions up until this match he hadn't scored which is matches his longest drought of the season which is not you know four goals without a game is not the end of the world um, but you know we, we you, I kind of have been on this on this kind of I've been hanging on it, like wanting him to score, needing him to score because I'm worried that if he doesn't score, we're not going to win. And, and then, you know, he has a couple of chances in, in the game that don't, that don't quite come off. I mean, um, Redmond does well to create a chance for him and he just kind of rolls it. It's almost the same chance that he did when he, when he, uh, I mean, last time we played Spurs in, 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 I think at home maybe where he kind of just took Alderweireld completely out of the game, uh, which I, I just yeah. really thoroughly enjoyed. Um, <laughs> and, and then, you know, it's, it's puts it past Larice, but he doesn't quite do that this time. He cuts back, but uh, kind of rolls it at him. But um, I, I, have you been worried about Ings not scoring or do you think it's, it's just part of the, it's part of what happens. I mean, if you look at, at all the people who score all the FPL points and, and all the goals, it's, it's Vardy, it's Tammy Abraham, it's, it's Ings. They're all kind of going through this, this run right now where they're not scoring a lot. So, I mean, mm. is it something we need to worry about or is it, is it not that big of a deal? Um, I don't know. I, I... Any any concerns I do have is similar to what you just said in terms of if Ings doesn't score, where where are the goals going to come from? Um, I think it's I think the team's been actually quite good recently. With while Ings has been through a sort of dry patch, and I say dry patch quite lightly because four games without a goal, we'd actually we'd snap someone's arm off for that, like last season or the season before, because you know. <laughs> There weren't a whole lot of goals coming from anyone. Yeah. Um, I, I'm still at a stage where um, I just really appreciate seeing Ings on the pitch because of his injury record and mm-hmm. everything else. Uh, I, um, I wouldn't say I was concerned about his um, you know, ability or you know, his, his goals drying up. I know, I know um, there has been some talk online about defenders are starting to sort of double up on things a bit more and he might find it a bit more difficult to score going forward. But on, on this evidence and, it, and against the Jose Mourinho team, even if they're not quite prepared the way Mourinho would like, um, I think it was, a, it was a good showing even with those early misses. I just think the fact that he's in, you know, he's finding these dangerous um, areas constantly. He's, he's all, always on the move. I mean, I can't remember the last time we've had a striker as, as clever as him um, yeah. in those areas um, and willing to press like he does. I think it's just encouraging. I think even with, even with the uh, four game dry spell, you just, I just knew that he would come good. I didn't necessarily expect it this game, mm-hmm. um, but I, I knew it, it wasn't anything to be really concerned about. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you hundred uh, percent on that. And you know, he gets himself into the positions and, and makes the runs and does the extra work that I think sometimes goes unnoticed. But I think a lot of fans also have been able to and been willing to praise him for. Um, and mm-hmm. so we can put up with that that four game dry spell um, without any real real complaints. Um, you know, beggars can't be choosers. Right. I think that's one thing to always remember. And um, we are very blessed to have Danny Ings in the form he has been this season. I'd, obviously, I'd absolutely love it if that were to continue next season in a, in a Saints shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if Danny Ings is fit and playing for Southampton, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's, I want to just say, like, you know, uh, Spurs were not the better team, even though they went 1-0 up. I think Saints played so well in that match. And this is, like, kind of the, it, it's just happening again. We are, we're coming out, even in that first half against Liverpool last week, we, we played so well. Um, the pressing was there. We, we, we disrupted everything they tried to do. And, and it, it just, it's, it's a pleasure to watch. I know some people, uh, some of my friends have not enjoyed watching Southampton because they're like, they're like, the ball's not on the ground. I was like, the ball's not going where you want it. And that's, we're winning, you know, like we're winning the ball back. We're creating chances. That's exactly what I want. I want to see tackles. I want to see cynical fouls. Like I want to see all of it. Uh, from the oh, guys yeah. because it just it is it, that's that's how we're going to play and I'm I'm here for it you know um, and and so to see us kind of do that to Spurs again and then to see them kind of you know Stevens for everything that he hasn't done this season has been great since coming back into the team um, kind of recovers makes that 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 tackle uh, and then it's just unlucky to have that shot deflect off of him because that ball was going. Uh, well wide like uh, I don't even think yeah. Gunn was going to dive uh, I think that's how wide it was going to go you know mm. yeah it, it was actually a very very good tackle from Stevens as well to begin with um, yeah it's just one of them um, he can do much about it um, you know sometimes you need luck uh, to win games and well, well we'll come on to more luck from Spurs but that's what they had in the night um, yeah it's it's just uh, yeah just one of them things but I do want to just mention that it was a brilliant tackle to begin with, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's he was I because I was looking at it and Spurs playing on the counter, us playing against the counter. We don't have the pace with our center backs, and it just takes you know one guy ball watching one time, and that's it. You know, and you worry about guys like Son and Mora and everything else like running in on us, and and what's going to happen if that happens. And um, you know, I would say that that that. The, I, I, just the recovery from Stevens and the positioning he got into and to make that tackle were fantastic. Um, and then if he just lays on the ground and doesn't move, which is what <laughs> our defenders seem to do for, for <laughs> the last few years, um, you know, <laughs> yeah, at the wrong times, yes, like yes. the one time where you needed him to do that, it was then. Yeah. So you, you can't fault him for the effort, but it, it, it unfortunate, but, um, you know, we, we might manage to get our way back into it but before that. Um, we, we mentioned a little bit, but that, I, I'm still. I've, I think that's. It was my favorite part of that that match was just that ball from Ward Prowse down the right to Ings, just curling in behind uh, the defense and Larice just being caught, not knowing what to do. You know, he he just kind of glued to a spot, allows Ings to get there, and then Ings just hits the bar, and it's like, man, like it's one of those things where early in the season that hit, that hits the bottom of the bar and goes in, you know, or during that run, mm-hmm. but right then it just just not quite there, and I don't know. But the ball from Ward Prowse, I think it was just was just beautiful. Yeah, and, and for all the talk that we had about uh, not liking Ward-Prowse out wide or at right back, um, we're going to go against our word here, but that, that was one of the, the best passes. Like, it was just absolutely inch perfect. 
Um, as you said, tightly caught the Spurs defence out. Lloris didn't know whether to come out for it or not. Um, Ings hitting the bar. Um, you could easily take that as a sign of um, it's not going to be his night in terms of scoring a goal. Um, but yeah, it, it just goes to show like, what, what I love about this Saints team at the moment with, with Ralph and is what I've hoped for since he was appointed just because of his reputation in, in Germany was quick transition play. Um, not necessarily uh, counter-attacking play, but just being quick on the break uh, or quick to you know, formulate an attack. When you have someone like Ward-Prowse putting in balls like that, it just makes everything much easier for someone like Danny Ings if he's in form. Um, unfortunately, didn't put it away on this time, but it was definitely a, a big warning shot uh, for Spurs. Yeah, yeah. And, and with that, I mean, you just hope that he doesn't put his head down, and he doesn't. He continues to kind of go after it, and we do manage to get uh, an equalizer. Um, Redmond, I mean, first of all, I think that the, in, in the buildup to, to, the, to the long goal, um, Buffal does well to kind of like find space, make a turn, take a touch, find Redmond who turns the wrong way. Looks like, like every one of us on a Sunday afternoon. Um, and then just kind of wheels the shot away and, and yeah, the deflection is there for, for long who, you know, scores, he scored before Danny Ings, which is like, you know, if we, if we had a four game goal <laughs> drought for Shane Long, we'd be, we'd be like, Hey man, this is, this is like world record setting pace here for you. But like. Um, he manages to to put that one home, and and I mean it felt it felt justified again. I felt like the the result was going the way the game should have should have been at that point. We should have been at least even, if not up. Um, and and that was I mean it felt good for him. I was glad for him. Um, glad that Redmond managed to get that shot away, even though I felt like he turned the wrong way and kind of made a bit of a mess of it. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm shocked a chance came from if you if you just look at that sort of. Um, passage of play where Redmond made the turn and, and shot on the turn. Um, I'm shocked that a, a goal scoring opportunity came from it, let alone a goal. Um, I think the reach has done much better. Um, but I think even, even before Redmond got the ball, I absolutely love Buffao's sort of turn and run, um, which is one of the things we obviously see when he comes on against leggy defenders towards the end of the game. Um, but he's he's a lot of, he's so much fun to watch um, when he picks up the ball. Obviously, he's got some um, failings in other parts of his game, uh, perhaps defensively. But um, I've, he was the driving force behind that. And Redmond, uh, try as you like, he was very close to screw it, screwing that opportunity up. But mm-hmm. um, I'm glad uh, Shane Long was there to pick up the pieces, which. Um, Usually you'd, you'd say Shane Long's the one screwing a chance up on yeah. the other way around, but um, but I love I love having Long in the team as well. I, I think he's one of the reasons why we are so quick on the break as well. Um, yeah, I I don't know if I've ever said this on this podcast before, but I genuinely believe this with 100% conviction. If Shane Long had, I say, even Danny Ings this season's level of finishing, I think he'd be one of the world's best strikers. He's so quick. I think he's very intelligent in terms of his runs as well. If he had any ounce of composure in front of goal, I think he'd be, uh, he'd be at least at one of the top clubs. But, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. As if he had any ounce of that, he, he would be somewhere other than Southampton, you know, and not, Oh yeah. Without a doubt. And, and without a doubt. you know, you, 
it's very rare that you find somebody with all of those characteristics and, and his, his sprinting, which your speed's supposed to go away. Your physical, your physical, you know, it's, that's supposed to, he should have been exposed by now, but he still is managing to get in the team. And I think it makes the team better, honestly. And it's, it's not because I don't want our strikers to score. It's just because I think he makes the team better. He, he does the things that Danny Ings needs him to do to, to create space and do those things. Otherwise, um, you know, I don't know. He just, he just does it all. And I, I'm, I'm a big fan of, like I said, guys who work hard and get the coaches award. So, um, we're, we're back to that. Um, but, it, but if, just, sorry, just yeah. go back to, to long. If you give him a run of games and he's got a clear role to play like he did under Kuman, like he does now under, under Ralph, um, he's very effective. Um, he's, I think he's actually somewhat an underrated pass of the ball as well. Um, just off the top of my mind, the assist uh, for Charlie Austin last season against Arsenal, mm-hmm. he can put in a decent cross as well. He, but he's got so much energy and so much running. He's quick, uh, as you said earlier as well. It's not, it's just, I just can't believe he hasn't lost a second of his speed. Um, what is he, 31, 32? But it's, it's, it's still there. He still terrorizes defenders like he did under Kuman in his late twenties at, you know, your fit, your so-called physical prime. Uh-huh. I think he's, if he's got, if he's got given a, a run of games and a clear, um, he's essentially like a player of his own, isn't he? Um, up there. If you give him some kind of objective each game, um, to terrorize particular defenders, I just, just always, whenever I think of Shane Long for Southampton, I just always think about against Arsenal when he's just running at, Per Mertesacker or someone just making life's, lives hell at the back. Um, if he is given, you know, the, the freedom to do what he does best, I think he's very effective, even if he doesn't get the goals that he perhaps should. Um, I just think for the team, he's, um, he's very important. Yeah. Well, and I think maybe that's something that we've, we found recently is, is he has a clear role. And I think under the last few managers, that role hasn't been defined. It's been, you know, you're putting him out there to, to play out wide or to, you know, make something happen where the, the, the attacking kind of uh, objective is always to score a goal. But the, I think this way with, with Hassan Hoodle, it's been, it's been worked on more and planned out more. And, and he goes out there with a clear idea. And I think the whole team has a very clear idea of what, what the team is supposed to do, what each person is supposed yeah. to do. And because of that, I think the whole team gets better. I don't think we have a squad that is good enough to go out there and just play beautiful football. Like, it's not Arsene Wenger, freeform jazz, you, you know, just, just go out there and make beautiful things. It's, that's not what we're doing. We're, 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 we're literally starting a mosh pit in, in the orchestra, like, you know, as people try to play nice things and we're, we're disrupting it. And I think that's um, something that I can, I can totally, you know, like I said, get behind and, and players that have an idea of what they're supposed to do uh, obviously will do better. I've, I think it goes with anything. If you just, if you don't have an objective, you don't, you don't go anywhere, you don't do anything. And so, by doing that yeah. and by Ralph clearly articulating that, which I think was a problem with, with Pellegrino where you couldn't get that point across. This is now uh, you see the way the players respond. Yeah. I think um, he, I think long as well as Ward Powell's, I guess in, in we, recent weeks and, and when uh, Ralph initially took over, I guess you say long's been floundering for two, three seasons. Ward Prowse, I was never the biggest fan of his, um, and then he was he became he stepped up and became such an important player for us when Ralph first took over and and he stepped up again um since 
you know, late 2019 and, and through to now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think that they are sort of living, breathing proof of a manager who clearly takes a liking to them and knows how to get the best out of them. Obviously, it's up to the player to deliver on instruction. And, um, yeah, they, they're just looking good at the moment. Um, yeah. And you can't ask for much more. No, 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 not at all, not at all. Um, the unfortunate part of this match, other than us eventually losing it, was um, uh, James Rapaz getting injured by by Ryan yes. Sessegnon, and and I'll be honest, like I was I was watching, it was getting towards uh, the, the the period of time where I actually had to teach something, um, so I was I was kind of like <laughs> half watching it, and um, I mean I just saw it, and it didn't look like it didn't look like enough for him to go down like that, but he doesn't normally. Like that's not a James Ward Prowse go down and really hold his, no, you know, and, and, and flail around. And you can just see, um, Sessignon was shaken up by it because he he kind of could. I guess he saw what he did. Um, Ward Prowse is down. And Danny Ings is over there trying to calm him down, and that's like when you know it's really bad, as the players are like mm. basically just trying to get him to breathe, and they brought the oxygen out and everything else. Um, and I I just thought like that's they they at one point flashed to Ralph watching it and it would just you could just see he's devastated like that guy must love James Ward Prowse like and and yeah. just to see you know you're not sure what's happening you're not sure how bad it is and um the the commentators are all saying it's ligament damage and that would mean you know end of season for sure um maybe be back beginning of next season if he's lucky uh and it's just like I was I was pissed man I was worried and I was I was I was just I didn't know what to do and then come to find out it's this uh, I think it's a they said it's a deep deep cut like to the point where it exposed the bone um which which is which is not great but i guess it's better news than having your ligaments completely destroyed yeah definitely i I think whenever you see players sort of look visibly distressed from a challenge or something like that it usually means either a knee or you know a leg's been broken so i totally understand why commentators sort of jumped to that conclusion so it was a, a huge relief to to learn that it wasn't ligament damage. And but that goes to show how important Ward Prowse has been for the last you know, few weeks at, at the very least. Um, he's, he's, uh, he can divide opinion, but I think by and large, most people at, at least respect the amount of work Ward Prowse puts in. He's, um, he's definitely one of the, I'd say one of the few never, die, never say die um, characters saints have. Yeah. Um, and he just has a lot of useful things about him. So I, I think uh, you know, there's a chance he could still miss games with a cut. I don't know if you've seen the, the, the photos of it. It's pretty pretty grim viewing. Um, but hopefully he can be back for Burnley. Um, it's probably un, unlikely. I know as of now, Ralph's just said it's uh, the injury's not as bad as feared, but he's not quite um, committed to a timeline yet. So... Yeah. Yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. But yeah, it's, it's definitely a relief to see he's, he's not, um, you know, not done his uh, cruciate ligaments or anything like that. Yeah. Well, I, I guess the, the the worry is is that you reopen it, right? And then it just, you know, stitches and or whatever they have in their tear, and that's not it's not great. So we'll just have to see how how long it takes for him to get get back, and hopefully he'll be able to at least you know keep his fitness and things up while he's healing. Yeah. But we'll, we'll we'll see. Um, no, and I don't want to look at it cause it's probably something from like, it looks like <laughs> something from like an early UFC, uh, bout, you know, um, which, which ironically, uh, well, I'll, I'll get to later. I have a, I have a, a burn later. Well, we'll get to it. And now I've overhyped it already though. So, um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so 
after that, um, that, that requires a, a shift a little bit. Uh, Stevens has to go um, out. Basically, everybody shifts to the right uh, along the defensive line, except for, except for Bertrand. Vestergaard slots in at left center back. Uh, Benderak slides over to right center back, and Stevens slides over to right back. Um, where, I mean, you know, that's not an ideal situation, but it is what it is. And, and he, once again, one of those guys who will go and do it and obviously doesn't have the pace that, that even more Prowse has, but does, but can play balls through, uh, can put crosses in, can play the long ball. So, so decent enough. Uh, the problem is, is that Vestergaard then comes in and, uh, you, you spoke of, of, uh, of long running up per Murtazacker. And I would just call, uh, Yannick <laughs> Vestergaard, just the, 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 the Danish, Murdozacker or or vice versa, and it, it's like you know you do a couple of things very well, um, but anybody with any kind of pace is not there. And and per per very good center back for a long time. Um, Yannick Vestergaard yet to prove that to to a lot of people. So yeah, uh, we'll we'll see. I don't want to lump them in the same category. Just some la- specific lack of pace. Um, if you play if you play FIFA at all, and you you have <laughs> Vestergaard on your team, do not start him because it's like thirty six pace. Um, <laughs> It's not good, and uh, but anyway, uh, Buffal Buffal should 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 put us ahead, right? Um, yeah. With with the chance that falls to him, uh, in the end, I don't know if he's trying to cross it to Hoiberg or if he's trying to shoot, but I mean, he just has to, he has to hit that, he has to hit the target. I mean, he's he's done everything else, I and mean, we spoke of the the turn and the the take and the turn in the pass to Redmond uh, for the first goal. That um, this is one of those things where he's got to he's got to do better. Yeah. Um, as much as I like. Um, Buffal, I think that just was an example of his. Um, he's un- unpredictable, but not necessarily in a good way. He's quite inconsistent. So, as you said, he did all the hard work. It was definitely a shot in my mind. Um, yeah, and you, you should have put it away. And it's you know, it's just uh, another wasted opportunity. At that point, it's um, it's one all still. So you, you'd like to think if that went in, it's a different game. Um, unfortunately that wasn't the case um, you know later on we did go 2 on up and that still wasn't enough but we'll, right. again we'll get to that later um, but uh, yeah he, he should have scored simple as that and I, I think that's I think when you start through foul that's when you see why he may not necessarily um, as impactful as he is coming off the bench that's, there's a lot of evidence there why Ralph may not favor him as a starting option um and i think this was just one instance of that i mean ings misses chances too right and and his job his main job is to to score you know but Buffal, i think when you're coming into a situation where you are not the guy and you're fighting for a spot you have to take those and maybe it's harder to take them at that point because you you snatch out a little bit you you want to prove your worth and uh you know he didn't he didn't quite do it there but i think i think overall i mean we we actually have options now um, whether it's him yeah. or Janapo or Armstrong, those guys are competing for that spot, and all three of them have have contributed, which I think has been has been fantastic uh, for for our season. So, um, you know, I wish we w- we would have scored there, but at the same time, it you know it is what it is. But um, you, sorry, you raise a very good point because Rufal took his chance against Spurs as a substitute last time round, which is probably you know and that's how some of the talk about. You know, Ralph was asked questions why Buffal wouldn't start and things like that. And that just goes to show you need to take your opportunities. He got given his opportunity to to play from the very get-go. And um, you know, a big chance like that, you fluff your lines. Maybe he's you know, back to the drawing board until he can prove himself again. Um, 
we don't have any more cup games left, so will he get the same starting opportunities unless there's injuries or things like that? Maybe not. Um, we'll have to see. But yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, and then I guess one of the other things I wanted to point out was the the, the goal we scored to go up 2-1 um, came from you know a beautiful run from Nathan Redmond, who for large parts of the season, I think I, I, I know I wrote this in the newsletter, um, hasn't been great, has, has struggled a little bit to, to has gone mm-hmm. missing in games. has been, uh, you know, just not as consistent as he was last season. And, you know, he made such a, a huge improvement last season that you were hoping he was going to do the same this season, but to expect him to do that would have also been, uh, I think, I think just a, maybe a little delusional. Like you, you don't, it's not a linear progression all the time and he he's coming in and, and not scoring as many goals, but that run I think showed all of the best parts of Nathan Redmond's game. The, um, the ability to take the ball, the ability that he is elusive. He is quick. Uh, he's not afraid to take players on when he's feeling confident. Um, and then there was one kind of second where he kind of gets into space and you think he's going to pass, but there wasn't really a pass on. And because of that, he just burst forward again. And I think that was, was great. And, I think the only thing, if I can criticize him a little bit on it, was the pass was slightly behind Ings, gave him a little bit more to do. But, but Danny Ings then went and did what what we were hoping he was going to do, and and put the ball past Larice and put us up two one. And I, I just like that goal. Um, you know, we had the that full team goal where we had you know thirty or whatever passes uh, linking together to to, to finally find a, a goal um, a, a couple of weeks ago. But I, I look at this goal and I say like that's the individual kind of goal. I mean, even though, even though it's an assist, that's the individual kind of effort that I I love to see from our players, and it reminds me of the Buffalo goal a little bit. Only no West Brom players were crashing into each other, but um, <laughs> it, you know, I, it was one of those things where I was super impressed with Nathan Redmond. I'm super impressed that even when he's not playing as well as he normally you, you would want him to, he still has the ability and the confidence to go try that and do that, and it, and it finally comes off. Yeah, I mean, as far as individual runs go for a counter attack, you can't ask for much more. Um, I think Redmond had at least two players to take on and beat, which he did. Um, and he ran from well into, well, near the Saints penalty area. Mm-hmm. So ridiculous level of skill. Uh, you know, th- this is on 70 plus minutes as well. So he's clearly got plenty of energy left in the tank to sort of do something like that. And, and one um, often criticized part of Redmond's game is... Um, He's a fairly selfish player, so you know there, there, there could be a pass on, and he'll he'd rather go for goal himself. But yeah. sometimes I, I do I do appreciate that because our, our team can be quite um, shot shy at times. However, uh, on this occasion, he always seemed to be in the mode of I'm going to set things up here, and the pass wasn't perfect, but the fact that he didn't. It would be so easy to get carried away on a run like that, only to try and go go for goal and go for glory yourself. Um, the fact that he laid on the goal just as an overall assist, um, brilliant. It's it's almost uh, the running equivalent of what Ward Prowse played in for Ings um, down that same flank, where, ran the length of the pitch essentially, mm-hmm. and um, and and Ings still had a fair amount to do. Um, I don't think it was the because of the pass. I don't think it was the easiest chance in the world and given any worries people would have about his um sort of goal scoring form at the moment the fact that he took that away was very satisfying just as a goal um i can't remember i think it was buffel 
the last time I've seen sort of individual brilliance lead to a goal like that. So yeah, very satisfying. Yeah. Uh, super stoked with it. And I'm very impressed with the way I was just very impressed with, with Nathan Redmond kind of, kind of all game. And he stood out to me. And I think it's one of those things where we should be, we should be happy with, with how he's playing right now and hope that continues over the break and we can come out and, and, you know, beat Burnley, which would be nice. It's also nice that we don't have to go to Burnley in, I think, uh, February when it's absolutely freezing the last couple of seasons. I know, uh, talking to Freddie from the ugly inside, it's been, yeah. You know, I think it's 27 degrees Fahrenheit uh, there. Last time you guys were there, something like that. It was just, just that sounds, that doesn't happen here very often. Um, our kids are like, I, all my kids are coming to school in blankets and stuff, and it's like 40 degrees. I'm like, come on, like it's not that bad. Um, I don't um, know what this is. Uh, quite, yeah, I was gonna. Uh... Well, well, in magic, the magic of podcast land. This, this will take just a second. Um, <laughs> that is 4.4 degrees, uh, which is not not warm. Um, but like yeah, kids are like, kids okay, are like, this okay. is, this is miserable. I'm like, that's not miserable. Like, that's okay. <laughs> I don't know. Is that, is that, is that cold? Would you say that's cold? Um, it's, it's, it's not warm. Uh, but then I've heard people, so I've worked with a lot of people who aren't from the UK, um, but are now working in the country and, uh, they say it's a different kind of cold in the UK, which I guess, um, no, it might be wind related. I'm not. I never actually asked them to elaborate <laughs> on why that is. But these are people from, you know, uh, uh, Scandinavia, Faroe Islands. So, um, you know, if they think it's cold, it's it's pretty cold. But yeah, four, four degrees. I'd, I'd still say it's cold. Okay. Um, I I wouldn't I wouldn't wear I wouldn't use a blanket in any kind of cold. I don't think so. It's a uh, it's a total it's a thing. I don't know. Kids all the time do it. It's like, dude, and it's like the, the, they're like, well, I can put it away after when it gets warm. I was like, that's what a sweatshirt's for. Like you put it, yeah. you know, take it off. And you actually, and you actually wear it. Yeah. You know? And I mean, yeah, I don't know, man. Like it's weird here. It's super dry. Like it's very dry. Like, you know, your hands are cracking and stuff. It's, there's like no moisture in the air, which is, um, mm. I don't, I don't hate it. Um, it does make your, it makes your skin hurt if you, if you try to like do something outside. But like, other than that, like it's totally fine um anyway whatever i don't know why we're talking about that but it, it's there um <laughs> the slow slow news week that's why it is it is um <laughs> <laughs> it goes back to what we we're talking about at the beginning um yeah anyway yeah obviously being up at that point i think we had dominated the game uh for the most part i i think uh, what jose Mourinho said at the end of the game which is that that saints were their better team and they lost and whether he's just trying to to you know stoke the the PR machine, whatever he's doing. If he's already arguing mm-hmm. with Danny Levy, I don't know. But like he was right. Whether he knows it or not, he was right. Um and um I think it's I, I think I think he's he's de- he's dead on. But um the the chance uh, that Mora takes to to level the game, I think that the Saints have played well up until that point. Um obviously the Vestergaard Bednarak partnership not as good as the Stevens Bednarak partnership. Mora drops deep, finds some space, lays it off to Delhi. Ali, who um, I don't like, and then uh, <laughs> finds himself in, in, a, in a ton of space. Investing guard kind of makes a weak stab at it, and and Mora puts it home. And this is one of those things where, where you could see us starting to tire a little bit. Ralph spoke about it yeah. uh, afterwards, where we're not quite fit enough to play that game all ninety minutes. And against a team like Spurs, against a team like Liverpool, it, they will they will find a way to push through that at, at times. Teams that are lower down the table that that don't have the individual quality and don't have the players who can be patient and then take those chances. Maybe we get away with it against them, but it, it came back to bite us here a little bit. And, and I honestly, like I'm okay with it. Like it's not, 
the end of the world because I'd rather see us do what we're doing and and lose than um, kind of run around or play this kind of passive sort of football that that we played the past couple of seasons and not really have an identity and maybe you know get a draw or and go to penalties or whatever it is. Like I'd rather I'd rather us play our game and, and let the results fall kind of as they as they may. Yeah, totally. I mean, just um, seeing Saints play with a, like a discernible system you can actually see in in action is so refreshing <laughs> um uh yeah you're right spurs have a lot more game management experience than we do they've and you you have to think as well the the higher the quality player the more fitter they are it's um the, the two go hand in hand um i guess we we are now playing I, I, well I, I don't know if ralph has truly got his system down to a T with Saints. So obviously we'd, we'd have to speak to him for that. Um, and it's still relatively early days with Southampton playing properly in this, in this manner. Um, we've had a lot of games. Um, unfortunately, this game fell before the break, but who knows, maybe um, as far as I'm aware, we're not, Saints aren't going away anywhere for training. We've actually got the shortest break of any team. I think yeah. it's 10, 10 days. Um, so yeah, may, maybe it's, uh, you know, it will be time off, but also some, some minutes, uh, you know, trying to work on fitness when they do return back to training. But, um, but yeah, we're, I, I was the same as you. I, I wasn't too disheartened. I, I must admit, I felt immediately as soon as I saw that the second goal went in that, we definitely weren't going to get the result. I just had a feeling it was it was the it was a sign of a a collapse coming. Um, but you know what? I just the fact that we're competitive with a team like Spurs um, is just satisfying. Uh, we haven't had this for a very long time, so yeah, yeah I wasn't too down on it. Plus, you know, it's best to guard, um, probably allowing too much space and everything like that. Um, um, he hasn't been playing much lately. Plus, he's um, you know you mentioned how slow he is. I, I I don't I don't yeah I don't have any complaints about it. Obviously, um, I'd rather Spurs didn't score, but um, just seeing Saints being um, at a le- at a level we haven't seen for a number of seasons, and we've all been crying out for um, for so long. Um, it's it, yeah, I, I just don't I don't have any real complaints. Yeah. Uh- like as you said, it was it was kind of clear. Like we we were not going in the right direction towards the end of that game, and you could see the the fouls we were giving away were, started to be in more and more dangerous areas. They were we were a little bit more yeah. sloppy in possession, um, and I think it's it's that if you're going to play in a Jose Mourinho team, that's the, the that's those are the cues they start to look for. They they grew. They had a couple of players that could just do enough. Um, in those moments to, to make us pay for it. And, and, and so be it. But um, as you said, I'd rather us rather, rather see, see the system work, um, know that we're going in the right direction and, and be proud of the, the performance we put in and, and still lose. I, I'll take that uh, kind of all day yeah. long. Um, and then I want to talk about cheaters winning um, because <laughs> there is, you know, I, I'm not sure what you're, referring to here well i'm referring a little bit to um to, to john jones last night uh, in the ufc oh. <laughs> about um you know coming back and, and getting a win after uh he's been it was, I, I forget how long was he suspended for for performance enhancing drug use oh god no, well, it was it was it cocaine it was cocaine right well 
So it depends what time, because I believe he's actually been banned three times uh, related to drugs. Um, some performance enhancing, others not. Um, but yeah, I think he, after he beat Daniel Cormier, he, I think the second time, he tested positive uh, for something. And since then, he's had uh, what is known as picograms in his system, so still tiny, minuscule traces of his drugs in his system, but they're deemed so small that he couldn't have purposely taken them. Okay. So there's a lot, there's a lot of, um, but that doesn't mean he didn't. It's, yeah. This is after his ban. This means, so, this means he accidentally fell face first into a pile of cocaine three <laughs> weeks before the, the fight. Yes, perhaps. Um, I, I don't want to speculate. But sure. Well, you, that, that uh, could have happened, yes. <laughs> potentially, potentially. Uh, potentially, yeah. Cannot confirm. But um, the, it really, I mean, I for so long admired Son as a player. And he, he does things on the field that make me smile. Sometimes when I watch him, he's one of those players that I enjoy watching um, when Saints are not playing against him. But there, there's always kind of been this thing where like he's not that kind of player. Like he's not a dirty player, but he's had a couple of red card challenges recently uh, in, in past seasons. And it's like the, I'm starting to, to get further and further away from that. Like I look at what he did in, in that situation and I see almost no difference between that chance and what Bertrand what happened to Bertrand earlier in the match. Yeah. Um, other than Bertrand was closer to the end line, which means the ball is likely to run out of bounds. Even, even if he's not touched, like he's not going to recover the ball. And I think that's maybe the only, the only thing there, but I mean, if there was contact there, it surely was not enough to, to bring him down. And I, and I know that it doesn't have to be that to, to, to make a penalty, but like, I just thought like that, that has to be looked at. Like that should have been. And, and somebody said on, on Instagram, like there was no VAR in the match, but there was, um, it was, yeah, there was, there it was. was looked at. And, and that's part of the thing with the, the, the FA cup this year is if you're playing in a premier league stadium, you have VAR, if you're not, then you don't. Um, but you know, it was, it was looked at in, and they chose not to overturn it. And you know, it's, it's one of those things where some people say like, we felt like we were robbed and, and everything else. And some people I think told us just to grow up because if we go to penalties, we're going to lose anyway. And we were already kind of falling apart and an extra time would have been great and all that stuff. And, and I, I, you know, I think we at least deserve the shot. If, yeah, if I'm, if yeah I'm that's, not for, that, that's not for anyone's place to say who it's a penalty shootout. Who, who's to say we'd lose that over Spurs. I mean, Spurs, Rightly or wrongly, I refer to bottle jobs all the time. Who's to say that Saints uh, could have won on the night for a penalty shootout? So I, I don't know. But yeah, in I'm with you with Son. So I've been a massive fan of Son since uh, he was at Leverkusen. So for a very long time, I was hoping, naively, that Saints could maybe... Uh, jump in with a bid or, or something, maybe take a look at him because we were playing well at the time. Um, obviously ended up at Spurs and um, he's a very good player. I, my feelings about Son soured after the just continual crying uh, at the challenge he did on the um, Leicester player, I can't remember his name now. Is it Andre Gomez? Yeah, I forget, I but yeah, that was, yeah, that was one of the, the ones I was referring to. Yeah, um, just crying to the camera and then he scored when he was 
you know, he had his red card rescinded, scored the next week, went to camera, said sorry again. It's like, I want to swear again. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Jesus, come on. Like, enough of this. We get it. You're, you're an amazing guy. Just, yeah, I, I was just getting quite wound up with the, the whole pity party. And, um, since then, he's shown he's got a degree of uh, petulance. Uh, he obviously got a red card a few weeks ago. And he's been accused of diving before midweek. Um, and unfortunately, I feel like we fell, fell to that. Um, he was already going down by the time Gunn was anywhere near him. I've seen Spurs fans have kindly uh, screenshotted the exact moment uh, Gunn's hand lightly brush, uh, brushes um, Son's midriff, mm-hmm. which, as far as I'm aware, the slight touch um, of a hand to your midriff doesn't take your legs out from underneath you. Right. I could be wrong. I'm I'm not a physicist. Um, I'm not an expert on the human anatomy either. Um, but it. Everything had the hallmarks of a dive. And unfortunately, even with VAR, they gave it. Um, Because VAR still doesn't eradicate terrible decisions and uh, still doesn't, in my opinion, um, eliminate big club bias. I think there's been plenty of times this season where we've clearly seen um, Spurs in particular have benefited quite a lot from VAR. I recall when Spurs... Uh, should have had a penalty given against them against Watford. I believe it was Jan Vertonghen uh, slid in and took out uh, Delefeu. And uh, even with VAR, somehow Watford didn't get a penalty. And that's a team who at the time were totally out of form and trying to fight a relegation battle. Yeah. Um, you know, these are game-changing incidents which still aren't being um, you know, properly handled. Um, but I know you don't want to go off on the VAR tangent, so I'll, I'll keep it there. But yeah. It, it wasn't a penalty, and um, because it wasn't a penalty, obviously they they scored it. And, and Gunn does well to go the right way; just doesn't quite get enough on it to uh, to, yeah. to push it wide. So, I mean, it's yeah. Son smile is is as nice as it is to see people happy. Um, I don't like it <laughs> when it when it's when it's not deserved. Like you shouldn't like life is not about smiling all the time. Like sometimes you you deserve to be sad. Um, and he should have been sad because he should have been carted there for <laughs> diving, and he wasn't. Um, and and I can say at the end of the, the end of the game, like the kids in my class were, um, you know, saying sorry and apologizing because it, you know they 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 saw the injustice. My my fifteen year old students who oh, wow. I can say don't think about anything um, ever critically were looking at that going that's not a penalty and I was like hey you get an A for today like that's it you you win. <laughs> um, well let, let's let's get them in. Are they interested in becoming uh, VAR officials? Sat in a little box. You know. I don't know. Um, there, there, there would be some issues, I think, uh, unless they could do it from here. I don't think some of them can make the trip. Well, uh, and they, I mean, definitely, you, they don't, do you don't want people wearing blankets. So. You don't want people wearing blankets in the VAR <laughs> in Stokely Park or wherever it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, they'll definitely have to stay uh, remote in the U.S. then, because I, I don't think they'll be able to handle the cold here, yeah. especially the weather we're encountering at, at present. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it sounds terrible. It's currently uh, very sunny here. I'm gonna go back outside. Awful. Yeah, um, terrible. Anyway, I won't talk about uh, not wearing pants because that's a bad thing for you guys uh, wearing <laughs> shorts. 
Um, <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's gotten me in trouble before more than once, so <laughs> we'll call it good here. But um, yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, not not the the best week for for Saints. We were out of the FA Cup. Ward Prowse is injured, but at the end of the day, like you know, we have a break now. Hopefully, guys can get healthy, and we come back. And you'd imagine that the guys would have gone in for recovery the next day after the match, uh, and then basically probably have this weekend off and won't be back until he's probably think Tuesday or Wednesday before things start ramping up for for next weekend and. Of course, that's the early kickoff. So um, I think it's I think it's noon or twelve thirty on on Saturday, and that means something like four a.m. for us. So that's that's great. I uh, can't wait. I'm really looking forward to that. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I I I think unless there's something else you want to cover, I think we can call it good. No, that's about it. I was just going to say that Burnley Southampton is uh, is the kind of game you really want to get out of bed for. That's at right. Four in the morning. That's right. Um, I, I've Walmart never heard anything I've disagreed with more in my life, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe now, maybe now we'll just, I mean, cause, cause they were the guys that, that just played over the top last time. They just said, Oh, you'd like to press us. We, sure. We'll just we, send it long. Yeah. We, we owe Burnley the defeat yeah. because I, um, I did look into this, um, for an article. I think it's, uh, I think past two previous two seasons, we haven't beaten Burnley, something like that. They're, they're one of our bogey teams. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, they are. Um, so yeah, we we owe them. So hopefully, um, you'll be rewarded with your early wake up call. But yeah. th- let's just see. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm not going to make any. I'm not going to commit to any predictions on that. Unfortunately. No, no, I don't. I don't force people to do that because I'm not good at them, and I always say two one saints. So um, <laughs> we'll just we'll just call it good. But um, Jake, I want to say thanks again. Um, if people want to get in touch with you on Twitter, they can do that. You're at JJ Hughes underscore. You can also follow along uh, for the in-match uh, updates through Alan um, at St. Mary's Musings on Twitter. And of course, the uh, the website link is in in the show notes if people are interested in going and, and having a visit. But um, Jake, it's always a pleasure to, to have you on and I look forward to it. Uh, I looked down and saw your name coming up in a couple of weeks and I said, this is this will be great. I'm, I mean, and we've spent uh, entirely too much time uh, on here, but uh, I've enjoyed <laughs> it. And I hope I hope that the part that we recorded and the part that I leave in, uh, people also enjoy. Yes, very much so. I've I've had a great time as ever. Um, great catching up with you um, over the podcast and before it, Matt. Um, yeah, thanks for the invite and having me on. Thanks for coming on, man. We'll do it again soon. Yeah, definitely. And that does it for this week's episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to Jake Hughes. You can find him on Twitter at JJ Hughes underscore. You can also get in touch with St. Mary's Musings, of which Jake is the editor, at St. Mary's Musings on Twitter. You can also find the link to the blog or the website itself uh, in the show notes below. So be sure to check that out and add it to your list of things that you use to stay up to date with what's going on with Saints. If you are on social media and would like to get in touch, you can do that. We are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at SFC, D-E-L-L underscore I-V-E-R-Y on both Twitter and Instagram. And on Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash SFC delivery. There is no underscore in the Facebook address, but if you want one place to find all of those links, plus links to subscribe wherever you listen, you can do that at SouthamptonDelivery.com. While you're there, you can also sign up for the newsletter that will be out on Friday. The show would be impossible without the partners and patrons of the show. So special thanks to Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page on Instagram for doing the logo for the show. 
and to the Southampton page on Twitter for keeping us up to date with everything going on around the club. All music for the show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games, and the end of show credits that you're listening to right now is Aim is True by Poddington Bear. we'll be back next week with another episode hopefully we have a win to talk about so thanks for listening and until then remember that together we march on So usually I, I include some sort of clip here from uh, an outtake to the episode, but there's none of that this week. Just want to tell you, thanks for listening. Also, if you're enjoying the show, please leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. It really does help. I mean that. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you soon.